0: Can you hear all the noise out I can of the window? Hear everything. Uh, wait. It sounds like there's a garbage truck or something.
1: I th- I may have heard a thing. I don't know if that's what I heard. And you've stepped away from your headphones now, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you can hear that, but there's a garbage truck right outside the window.
1: So. Eh, I heard like one blip. I think it'll be fine
0: it's gonna leave in like a second or two so
1: yeah and we're gonna have noise here when lorne and pepper get back so you know it's it,
0: it's it i don't want to ruin our brand new higher production quality with <laughs> background noise we're not i mean You're we're not trying it. to be gimlet here the we're not, blue you know. snowball <laughs> the sultry tones <laughs> all right let's do a podcast y'all move
1: It's time to po up pop, pu- pop pu- pu- a pu- podcast Hello everyone, welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. Jimmy, you're speaking to us from your brand new microphone.
0: Yes, thank you, Tyler. I was very surprised to receive this in the mail, but it's a huge upgrade from my shitty uh, earphones.
1: Yeah, you know, we can hear the garbage truck in the background and everything. It's great. Just picking up uh, Jimmy in 3D.
0: High quality audio. So thank you, Tyler. You're
1: welcome. You're welcome. No, I figured, you know, we have been podcasting for over a year now. And uh, for, for a majority of that, you've been using those shitty headphone mics. So I, I figured we both deserved an upgrade. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. Yeah, I got you the cheapest possible USB microphone. <laughs>
0: it's good. I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the snowballs are nice. Um, I've actually been thinking about getting... Either that or the yeti for myself, because I've just got this like handheld mic connected to my ten-year-old uh, Zoom now. <laughs> I think yeah, I, think I got you've this. You've had that for
0: a long time.
1: It, yeah, it might be eight or nine years, but still, still. So got big old XLR cables going everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of a mess, but hopefully, uh, listeners, you are hearing and appreciating the difference, uh, and can now get sort of the full range of Jimmy's dulcet tones uh as as we continue to talk about this bad anime (laughs) bad anime that's getting better i will say this episode was sufficiently more anime
0: than a lot of previous episodes this one had a lot going on it did it did like maybe too much question mark but before we get into that yeah. we have other things to talk about
1: that's true that's true jimmy as we do every week we uh like to give our listeners recommendations of things that they can do with their 20 minutes rather than watch an episode of Oh because we value their time uh what is your recommendation this week
0: Tyler, in only 20 minutes, you can go online and order yourself a pair of flannel-lined jeans.
1: The fuck you say?
0: (laughs) Which I am wearing right now. I got myself for those cold mornings when I'm uh, out getting footage around Clark County. And man, it feels like I'm wearing pajamas all the time.
1: Holy shit. Okay, I've just pulled up a, a
0: Google search of this. I... Where have these been my whole life? I was wondering that myself. I'm mad that I hadn't, didn't get these like 10 years ago because um, obviously I'm not suggesting that everyone go out and buy these. But if you have like a job that takes you outside sometimes and you live in kind of a colder climate, uh, for the winter months, I recommend getting a pair of flannel lined jeans. I got mine from Carhartt and they feel so nice and warm.
1: Yeah, these look amazing. I'm sitting here like... Man, I I work from home now, but our apartment gets super cold.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here and see I can see both you and Lauren like bundled up like you're about to go out in the snow, but you're just sitting in your little flat.
1: Yeah, Lauren's looking at these and she's giving a huge thumbs up. This is uh this is life-changing, Jimmy. This is truly life-changing. I am uh yeah, I'm in.
0: I got mine on clearance. I don't know if the sale is still going on. Um, But yeah, flannel line jeans. Nice.
1: That's really great.
0: (laughs) Like regular jeans, except warm. Except warm. Instead of having like a tenth of an inch of fabric between you and the biting wind. Yeah. The problem that I have with getting like specifically clothes that
1: are warm, uh, and I have the same problem, I guess, with clothes that are specifically for being cool is that by the time I think like by the time I have the presence of mind to buy them, it's already past the season that I would need them. (sighs) Does that make sense? Like by the time I get around to buying these, I, I know myself well enough to know that like February will have come and gone and we'll be getting into the spring months.
0: Oh, time to get a nice winter jacket just in time for beautiful sunshine.
1: Conversely though, that's when all the good sales are. So
0: that's true it's getting yourself a present uh for like 10 months from now yeah
1: (laughs) sort of sort of pack it away do not open till christmas yeah i like that i like that
0: yeah uh that's my recommendation what is your recommendation this week
1: uh so my recommendation this week is not nearly as useful as yours Uh, I was listening to a podcast called good one, uh, earlier today. It's a podcast about comedians and the jokes that they write and like how they write jokes and why. And there was an interview with two, uh, former SNL writers talking about a series of SNL skits that I'd never seen before. I don't watch a whole lot of SNL. I, there was a time when I was like into it. I would watch it every week. Uh, it was like maybe a year of my life. And then I just fell right back off um but <laughs> we just watched these at dinner there's a series of 3 SNL Totino's commercials and they're from uh 3 years uh 3 consecutive years where uh SNL is the Saturday before the Super Bowl right
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: they do like a Super Bowl commercial kind of thing like they'll they'll play it up like getting ready for the big game you know uh and there's a series of 3 commercials uh that are Ostensibly Totino's pizza roll commercials, but they go to this weird place that I don't know that I can talk about without spoiling. They is st- it
0: Tim and Eric? No, no, is no, that no, no, the no. One you're talking about? No, no, okay. no, it's it's SNL. I'm thinking about a completely different Totino's. You are, <laughs> pizza you are. So commercial. So
1: the whole the whole skit started with, um, and I'm gonna forget the actress's name, but one of the actresses on on, uh, on SNL, she had this idea of she wanted to play this woman from like a food commercial. Uh, who's just like the generic wife bringing uh, food to her hungry guys. And hungry guys was like the, the key phrase that they latched onto for these skits. And the idea for the first one is like, I love bringing food for my hungry guys, but what do I do now? And it's just about like, how do you fill the time as you stand motionless in the kitchen between bringing food to these guys watching the big game? Uh, And it, it evolves from there over three consecutive years in ways that like, I, I I could not have predicted. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody saw it coming, but it just, there is an arc to this woman that is just brilliant to see. So, Uh, I'm going to put links to those in our show notes, uh, watch them, watch them in order, uh, show them to your friends. I I think they're great.
0: All right. I just went to YouTube and found uh, a playlist someone made of SNL Totino's trilogy.
1: Yes, that would be it. So, uh,
0: I will put that on the back burner after the show.
1: Okay, perfect. I was like, don't watch it now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to spend like 10 minutes not recording, just watching some videos
1: i know that's the risk that i run anytime i recommend a youtube video on here but like uh yeah i mean hey if you're listening to this on your podcast player of choice sure pause it right now go watch those videos and come back
0: wasn't that please don't please don't do this if you're driving
1: (laughs) true true correct uh all right. Well, Jimmy, with our recommendations out of the way, we do have some other stuff that we want to take care of. I'm seeing here in our show notes uh, before we get to the actual episode. Is that right? Yes. Okay. First thing is, you brought a very important video to my attention. I and did. I need you to explain everything.
0: This is, uh, I went and found the voice actor for Pegasus. And I was looking him up on YouTube. And I found a video of him singing basically uh, some smooth jazz or like a show tune. Yeah, yeah, it's a, like as Pegasus.
1: I, I would I would argue that it veers more into show tune than smooth jazz. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it is some soulful singing from great. Maximilian Pegasus.
0: This guy, uh, his name is Darren Dunstan, by the way. Uh, I looked him up on IMDb because I was curious about what else he's done besides play Pegasus. Mm, and mm-hmm. he's actually, for many years, he's been a voice director. Not just a voice actor, but a director. Sorry, Lauren just brought me tea and I got very excited.
1: Uh, yeah, so, okay, so, so Darren Dunstan, he... Brit. Brit. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, uh, so, okay, so wait, so voice directing, what is, is that like just directing, but for
0: like For voice actors, I assume. Um, He's um, working right now on Invader Zim. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, He's been doing a whole bunch of stuff, uh, voice directing various TV episodes, including all the other Yu-Gi-Oh shows. Oh. Huh. He was voice director for ARC-V, Vrains. Uh, He was the ADR director for the Yu-Gi-Oh movie. Uh his whole career is like I guess he just got a job as Pegasus and then he leveraged that to basically uh, do all of Yu-Gi-Oh
1: that's crazy so like he I mean he kind of now is the Pegasus of the Yu-Gi-Oh universe in a way like he is the the mastermind holding all the strings and he has become Pegasus yeah
0: and can you guess what he looks like I bet you can't I, I'm going so, to send okay. you a picture in chat right here.
1: Weirdly, I've always pictured him as the guy from Game Grumps that doesn't have the Cocker Spaniel hair. Dan? I, I, I genuinely don't know their names. Oh, okay. Um, the one, the one that doesn't look like the guy from Workaholics.
0: <laughs> uh, Well, he does not look like that. <laughs>
1: okay, what does he look like? see. Oh. oh, there it goes oh that is not what i expected
0: can you explain this 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 opposite of pegasus okay that knows pegasus's voice Uh,
1: okay so i have i have a way of explaining this i need lauren to like walk over here and look at this with me to confirm this uh so there's another show that lauren and i've gotten very into he looks like santino Santino rice Rice. thank you thank you yeah (laughs) He looks like he looks he like, looks like a more attractive Santino Rice. I mean, that is a low bar, but yes. uh, <laughs> he looks like... So Santino Rice is one of the judges on RuPaul's Drag Race. He uh, also was a contestant of Project Runway. That's how he first got famous. Yeah, and he... I mean, Santino is honestly kind of creepy, and I'm sure Darren Dunstan is not because he has found like actual work in the industry. Uh, but um, yeah, huh. So he's got... Uh, I mean, not white hair for starters. Uh, it's is he British? Is he British? I don't. I don't think so. It might say in his IMDb. Um, but he uh he has he has spiky brown hair. He's got uh sort of a short, oh, c- cropped beard. No, he's beard. not
0: British. Where's uh, he from? He's a he's a Canadian voice actor who lives Canadian. in New York. Canadian,
1: huh? huh. That's really interesting. And he's wearing, okay, I, this is important to me too. He's wearing a gray uh, cable knit sweater that I think Pegasus would just burn.
0: <laughs> it's it's not uh, fancy in any way, but it does look very nice and warm.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he he looks, you know, now that you say Canadian, he looks Canadian. <laughs> does that make sense?
0: It does. And he's got a beard.
1: And he's got a, well, and I think that's part of it too. Like you look, you know how you just like, you look at some people and you're like, oh yeah, you're from, you know, like I would say this guy's from like Montreal.
0: I wonder where he is from. Oh, he was born in Toronto.
1: It That's in Canada too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, he played a splinter in the 2000 t- Mutant Ninja Turtles series. 2003 TV series.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the one where they like go back in time, right?
0: I don't remember.
1: I don't know. That's cool, though. So that's really neat. So that's like, that's really an example of just kind of getting your foot in the door somewhere. Did he do anything before
0: Yu Gi Oh? Uh, Let me look. I I mean, probably. Presumably. Probably. Let me see but like talk how about how far back this goes
1: talk about really letting a letting a role kind of define your career that's like um that's like J- Jason David Frank levels you know Tommy Oliver from uh, Power Rangers mm-hmm. like he he came in he played the green ranger wasn't a you know stellar performance but then he i think has been in five or six different seasons of or uh like versions of Power Rangers like, he plays the same character throughout, but that he's been, like, the Green Ranger, the White Ranger, the Red Ranger, the Blue Ranger at one point, maybe? And then the Black Ranger, and then the White Ranger, and then now I think he just does appearances.
0: Well, I scroll. I went to his IMDb, and I scrolled all the way down to the bottom. Uh-huh. And before uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, there's one thing that he's listed in as a voice actor. It's an anime called Fighting Cooking Legend Bistro Recipe. Fighting Cooking
1: Legend Bistro... Okay, this is going to sound dumb, but that sounds familiar as hell. Fighting uh, Bistro... Leg- or fighting Cooking Legend Bistro Recipe. Okay. Also known as Fighting Foodons.
0: Yeah, in the land of the Fighting Foodons, regular recipes turn into mealtime monsters when the art of culinary combat is concocted. I have only
1: seen a handful of episodes of this show, but the commercial was my constant soundtrack for like a year. This really? this show has the catchiest theme song. Uh I I don't know how to like mix this into the episode. Um let me see if I can even just remind myself. I the thing is is like now that I say that it had the catchiest theme song, I can't Summon it. It has the tune of some other famous song. If you just ser- search "fighting food" on's theme song, it'll come up. Um, oh, Fox Box. This is on Fox Box. Do you remember that?
0: That rings a bell. But
1: Fox. Okay, so
0: that was so long ago. It was
1: pre four kids. It was when it was when Fox wanted to do a. Uh, like saturday morning slot and they called it the mm-hmm. fox box oh okay
0: uh that w- i vaguely remember this i'm
1: i'm going to have to i'm going to have to try to pull this into the episode or something but it, the theme song is uh bum, bum, bum. i can't i can't fucking do it. i don't want to fucking, like these
0: monsters once were edible, so everybody take a look at combat creatures you Depending on the spice you add your food on could be really bad. Bad, bad, bad. Fighting food on, food or even chewed. Fighting food on, it's room for food police, select your recipes. Pizza a so will attack with gooey cheese. Power up the fried
1: with some peas. What will win? Italian or Chinese?
0: If anything's left on or you can freeze. Nope, I
1: nothing comes through. All I'll right, I have to edit it into the episode. Yeah, and me note later. to self: edit that in. Uh, that's incredible. So that was his. That was his first gig.
0: I don't think so, because I scrolled down even further in oh. some other of these sections. I think he got his start uh, as a voice actor uh, on the Four Kids adaptation of One Piece in 1999. Oh, shit. Okay. And that, like...
1: I mean, I I never personally got into One Piece, but that is a, a huge touchstone for yeah.
0: a lot of people. Who did he play? Uh, Just... His character doesn't even have a name. He's like Uh, Buggy Crew Member for kids dub. Oh, interesting. Okay, so he did like a bit role. Yeah. And then I guess they brought him on to do Yu-Gi-Oh! a year later.
1: I mean, I'm sure, you know, like from everything that I've heard from like listeners of our show, I'm sure he's like an easygoing guy and like probably gets along well with people. I mean, especially now if he's doing so much work on uh, voice directing.
0: Yeah, he's been director for a bunch of stuff, casting director... Uh he did he's listed in the soundtrack for Yu-Gi-Oh 3D Bonds Beyond Time. Uh um, Are you sure you don't mean Oh, Bonds with
1: a with a D. Yeah. I heard B-O-N-Z. Bones. <laughs> Beyond Bones Time. Beyond Time. Yeah. Uh also, interesting, just, okay.
0: Down at the bottom here, personal details in other works. He played Giovanni in Pokemon Live on Broadway. What? <laughs> Can you picture him
1: as Giovanni? A, A, A. what the hell is Pokemon Live? I don't know. How does that work? B, how does that get to Broadway?
0: I have no idea. I'm rabbit trailing now. Sorry, everyone. You expected a regular episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! And we're just talking about Pegasus's voice actor for like half an hour.
1: This is just what we've become, Jimmy. I've come to accept it.
0: How? What is the the plot? Pokemon Live was a musical stage show that toured the U.S. on September twenty second two thousand to January nineteenth two thousand one. It was a musical based on the Pokemon anime. Approximately ninety minutes in length, it told the story of Ash, Misty, and Brock as they travel to a contest to win the much sought after Diamond Badge. The event turns out to be a part of a plan by the organization Team Rocket. And Giovanni to take over the world I
1: need the script and arrangements for this entire production
0: the show is successful but it was largely ignored by critics it has never received a video release but there is a cast recording CD of the show that had a limited release Whoa, oh, Tyler, <laughs> good news. The production stage manager for the tour posted videos of the complete performance in seven parts to his personal YouTube channel in 2012. And the whole performance in one video in 2016. I am going to YouTube well, that's, right now. That's the
1: podcast, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. God. Holy shit. Okay. I I just... Token i Live. Pokemon okay.
0: Live, full show, yep. one hour and 42 minutes.
1: God damn. All right, we'll see everybody in about two hours then. <laughs> I know what We're you're take doing break. after we finish. I absolutely am. Uh, okay. And the full soundtrack is up. All of that is amazing, and I am going to somehow not be distracted by it. We need to continue with the show because there is yet another thing that we are going to go on a weird rabbit trail with.
0: That's true. We need to stop talking about uh, Pokemon. This is not a Pokemon podcast, despite all the times that we've talked about Pokemon.
1: I would fucking love to do a Pokemon podcast, though. We could do a Pokemon rewatch podcast with, like, Sun and Moon, the new series that came out. Oh, yeah. That looks legitimately really good. Um, But that's not what we're here for today. No. Uh, There is a video game coming out.
0: That Let's have some actual before. Yu-Gi-Oh! news. I feel like we had like a jingle or something for this a long time ago before we uh, ran out of news. yeah. I,
1: I did the I did the it's time thing. I did the like it's time for na news.
0: There we go. Let's have some. There news. it is.
1: All right. So some news uh, this week is there was a, a a video released and actually multiple videos that I found of. Uh, gameplay from the new uh fighting game called Jump Force. Uh, Jump Force, for those of you who may not know or haven't been listening to us for a while, uh, is a game that I believe is coming out for PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, yeah. I don't know that it's coming to Switch or PC, but it is a fighting game that has basically every character uh, that has ever appeared in Shonen Jump anime. So uh, you've got... uh uh, dragon ball you've got naruto you've got one piece um hunter x hunter um uh, a lot more that i'm probably forgetting i think bleach is in there as well um one piece yep yep uh
0: and it is coming out for windows
1: oh okay cool uh just not the switch ah not the switch uh but uh it also has characters from Yu Gi Oh! Uh, or I guess just Yugi, right? Is that right? Yeah, just Yugi. Just Yugi.
0: Well, technically it's two characters because he's oh, also shut the up.
1: Pharaoh. Yeah, alright. <laughs> Spoilers for this episode, I guess. Uh, so. The video that came out is gameplay of how Yugi actually performs in the game. There's a a, a longer video that I'll I'll post in the show notes as well of uh, it's Yugi versus one of the characters from uh, One Piece and then one of the characters from uh, Naruto. It's actually uh, Kakashi Sensei from Naruto, which I was like geeking out a little bit. That was kind of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, how did you how did you feel about it, Jimmy? Um, Seeing our, our boy a, in action.
0: I haven't played any like. Any of the like Ninja Storm games or anything like that? Yeah, it looks um, like
1: it's the same engine as Naruto Ninja Storm.
0: I, th- yeah. I think uh, it looks pretty cool. Uh, I'm not a fan of the art style. It's different, right? It feels all the characters are what? like, uh, yeah, all the characters are 3D versions of this, themselves, and you know, you've seen uh, anime characters in video games before, and they look fine, like in Smash Brothers, all the Fire Emblem characters. In this game, everyone just kind of looks like a mannequin that's been left out in the rain. If that yeah. makes any
1: sense? No, no, it does. Their their mouths don't move. I think as much as they should. They all have like tiny mouth syndrome. When they're just kind of talk like this, and their mouth just moves up and down. Okay. And I get
0: that it's like how they look in the anime, but here it just looks weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh beyond that i think the the actual like combat stuff looks pretty cool uh yugi like draws cards for his attacks actually one of the button commands if you look at the video is just draw uh which i thought was a, a neat touch but uh it looks like the majority of the attacks are uh there's dark magician so he like summons dark magician to appear yeah, in front yugi of him he's running
0: like, around with one of the arm things that we haven't seen discs. in the anime yep. yet yeah
1: yep and uh and yeah so he'll play a card and then like dark magician will pop up and like swipe with his staff or something there's a dark magician girl attack which i don't know how that differs um but i thought that was cool to have that like uh variation um what were the other attacks that we see in the video uh, uh swords sword... of
0: revealing light yes one
1: magic and... arrow is
0: that another one that might be it
1: that might be it it looks similar to swords of revealing light but just different enough that i, I think it's a different attack
0: and then he has, like, a super powerful attack once he's filled out his meter or whatever. That's yeah. uh, one of the Egyptian god cards that we saw yeah. in, the anim- in the movie, but haven't seen in the anime yet.
1: Right. So once he builds up enough, whatever the energy meter is, uh, all of the characters have these, like, special finishing moves. And Yugi's is summoning Slifer the Sky Dragon. Lauren's laughing yes. at the word special finishing move. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm laughing at Slyfer the Sky Dragon.
1: Yeah, it's a dumb name, right? It's not a good name. Uh, I I don't know. It, it's not my favorite of really any card. Even the, I was going to say of the Egyptian god cards. I, I don't really care for any of them, but Slyfer's like, all right, I guess.
0: <laughs> now, if he had played Exodia, that would be cool. But
1: That would be badass. Could you imagine?
0: <laughs> That's the win the game button. You just automatically win.
1: Well, and that would be a cool way to like build up your energy meter, right? Is you have to, you draw a card and then every time you draw a card, there's a chance to increase your energy meter by 25%. Oh, and, and you have to by, get all by of 20%, I guess. pieces and then, of Exodia. Yeah. And then once you get all five, that's your energy meter is filled and you can play Exodia.
0: All five special cards.
1: That'd be badass, right? But no, it's, it's Sly for the Sky Dragon, which is fine um the one thing that i actually legitimately took issue with and i don't know if you'll agree with me or not was the voice acting
0: there was there yeah i would agree the voice acting in here was weird and there was just constant yelling in the video that i saw
1: yeah there in one of the videos i saw there's some dialogue uh just right at the very beginning when they do their like taunting each other basically um and yugi it's all in japanese uh, so I don't know if they'll change this for the the you know U.S. and, and U.K. imports, um, but the Japanese voice actor is uh, most definitely a, a man with a deep voice, right? Like he it plays like Yami Yugi in the U.S. show, mm-hmm. and I really wanted it to be the woman from the original series.
0: Oh, the the sexy sultry voice. Yeah,
1: I think I just I can't. I can't hear Yugi in Japanese without wanting that voice now.
0: You've been spoiled for voices.
1: I Kind of, yeah. Like, it really grows on you. So I don't know. Like, hopefully, you know, if they're smart, they'll get the American voice actors for the U.S. version. Um, but I, I, I don't know, honestly. I'm sure they will. Uh, the voice actor, I will say, for the Naruto characters that I watch, those all sound... Pretty similar to the Japanese. So if it's not the same voice actors, it's it's at least good impressions. So my hope is like they'll do the same. Um, but that was yeah, that was kind of the one thing that that threw me. Hmm. Do you think you're gonna get this game? Um, or I mean, no, because you don't have the right consoles, right? No, I don't either. You could play it on your laptop. <laughs> I can barely do this on my laptop. <laughs> Uh, wait you have a no. ps4 though no it's back in the states is it yeah here's what we do here's what we do <laughs> yeah i couldn't end up shipping it to me oh no so here's what we do is you go get it <laughs> <laughs> and then i and go then, pick
0: it out of lauren's attic
1: yeah and, and then
0: bring it home just to play this game
1: just for this I'm sure there's a way we can make that happen. We'll we'll make some calls. We'll set something up. Um, but I I am I am legitimately curious. Like if if there are listeners listening right now who like are gonna buy the game, definitely like let us know when you do and, and weigh in because I'm I'm curious, right? Like it's been a while now since we've seen Yu Gi Oh or at least this you know season of Yu Gi Oh and gi Moto specifically uh, represented in other things. So it's really cool to be like kind of modern again in a way yeah
0: it's neat that he's here i i, I and, hope it... and and he can beat up uh two of the guys from jojo's bizarre adventure and were oh, they in Car- it too yeah it was just announced like two days ago
1: oh that's awesome
0: i jotaro and dio i haven't oh. watched jojo but garrett keeps sending me jojo memes and so i have Bro, to watch okay. it now so i can understand memes it gets weird that's it what I gets hear. Weird. And that's that's literally all I ever
1: hear about it is like bro shit goes down. So, I don't know. I want to try it.
0: Um and Deku yeah, from I, uh, my Hero Academia is in it too. So that's cool. Oh,
1: nice. That's right. I'm mostly just excited to like see Yugi beat up Goku. He can. <laughs> he can in this game. There, there's like
0: a billion Dragon Ball characters. Goku, Vegeta, On- Trunks, Piccolo, Frieza, and Cell.
1: And Dragon Ball has its own fighting game now. It's got the Dragon Ball Fighter Z or whatever, Fighters. Um, All the Fighters. I, I wonder if this game is the same engine as that. I haven't really done any like actual research into it. I just kind of am eyeballing it. I have no um, idea. That might make more sense. But anyway, yeah, so that's that's kind of our, our one piece of Yu-Gi-Oh news is just that like there's more videos of that. Uh, I'll find whatever one I was looking at earlier and see if I can put that in the show notes as well.
0: All right, let's uh, do the actual part of the podcast that everyone's waiting for.
1: Let's do the actual part of the podcast. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, this week we are talking about season one, episode thirty-seven. The counterattack begins. Mind shuffle.
0: Mind shuffle.
1: Ooh, mind shuffle.
0: Or as we call it in the U.S., part three whatever it is
1: (laughs) you can't even remember (laughs) it is in the u.s versions yugi versus pegasus match of the millennium part three but that's boring which is boring as hell uh i i really love these translated japanese titles these are these are really doing it for me um jimmy the recap here i don't know if you sat through the recap for this episode yeah they continue to just be better versions of the previous Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes.
0: It's all the s- stuff you need to know without any of the the chaff.
1: Like it kind of makes me wonder if you could and maybe this is why Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge got so popular, like if you could just cut together the recaps from each episode and get through this season in like An hour. Uh yeah, at most, that, right? Like yeah. twenty minutes. They're like, uh, what, it's like a one-minute recap for each episode? And it's 40 episodes? Yeah. Just 40 minutes of like, oh, there's good Yu-Gi-Oh! There it is. Found it.
0: (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged got so popular because it's arguably a better show than actual (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh!
1: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. They actually put effort into it. Uh, No, I mean, okay. There is effort put into this show. I just think it's maybe focused... Uh, in unique ways. Uh the episode opens on uh we're we're back in our duel that we've been having, the duel of the millennium, shall we say. Uh and uh, it is it is Yugi versus Pegasus and it's Yugi's turn and Pegasus reminds him that any monster he plays in defense mode will be turned to stone by the Gorgon's eye, who you mentioned it last week but I now cannot unsee. The beholder from Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. It is a hundred percent just that monster. Uh to protect himself, uh, Yugi plays Dark Magician uh in attack mode so that it doesn't get turned to stone. And then he plays Magical Hats, his his favorite sort of protection card, uh to to shield it. So magical hats, uh, as everyone remembers, places uh your cards on the field randomly under Magical hats.
0: Wow, shocker!
1: I was kind of hoping that would go a more creative direction, but no, <laughs> uh, it it does what it says on the tin. Um, so, uh, so Yugi's like, okay, cool. So I I have a monster out on the field. It's dark magician. I love dark magician. Dark magician hasn't been turned to stone, and Pegasus can't get to it.
0: Or can he? Or uh, can he? We now get the answer to a question we had in a previous episode. Uh. Does the player know what card is under which magical hat? And yeah, the we had no way of knowing before. Yeah. Which uh, I how why? I don't know. It's not explained, but Pegasus looks into Yugi's mind, and he can see which hat Dark Magician is under. Yeah. So, uh, he attacks, and Dark Magician uh, dies. <laughs> Or
1: uh or does he because as he's oh, declaring mind. He, there's
0: a lot of stuff I forgot
1: there, well so okay no no and I don't blame you because so he does declare an attack but then so much shit happens in this like two second span like okay do you, do you remember uh last week when I was talking about the the human uh railgun hack in d d and it, like, exploits the fact that every round in D&D is six seconds. Yeah. This is that concept. For some reason, somehow, time slows down. Because Pegasus uh, does his his gloating, right? He, he's something like, uh, All I need to do is probe your feeble mind to see which hat the dark magician is hidden inside. Uh, and Taya... From the peanut gallery, shouts to Yugi, I know Pegasus has magic, but so do you, the magic of your millennium puzzle.
0: Yeah, she's literally encouraging Yugi to cheat with his magical bullshit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so many things happen in just that one sentence, right? Like, she says, I know there's magic, which is Mm -hmm. like, okay, confirmation, she acknowledges magic exists in this world, fucking Finally. finally somebody says it. And... Acknowledgement that Yugi has magical shit going on, and that he should use it to his advantage. I guess that's the third thing: is like use your your bullshit against his bullshit. Exactly. Then, and this is still while uh, is it Tune Summon Skull? Yeah, it's to Summon yeah. Skull firing lightning. So there's a lightning bolt in the air, sailing towards the the magical hat. Right, and as it's happening, it cuts to Yugi. And he peers into his millennium puzzle spiritually, I guess. Like what he, he, I don't, I don't even know how to describe the scene here.
0: Uh, It is that one episode from uh, the original show. I'm cause I know we've seen this mind palace before or was it in the movie? It
1: it was in the movie. We saw it. They like go inside the puzzle.
0: Yeah, he goes like he goes inside his puzzle mind palace where there's Yugi's room and like across the hallway there's the Pharaoh's room where Pharaoh's spirit lives.
1: Yeah, you know, has all his has all his posters and his guitar.
0: Yeah, Yugi is standing like outside his doorway where his like spirit lives, I guess. And it's like nice and clean and bright, and then the Pharaoh's like partition of his mind is like all ancient and overgrown and there's like egyptian hieroglyphics and shit Mm -hmm. so they meet in the hallway of the mind and they just start directly talking to one another
1: yeah and you see like little yugi and big yugi actually facing each other in a semi-physical space i guess not really a physical space but it's, it's presented that way yeah and uh yugi is like hey i think i know how we can beat pegasus and it's going to mean and this line is maybe the the most audacious bullshit that this show has pulled in a while because yugi says i must banish you from the corridors of my mind damn <laughs> and like if that isn't the title of a breakup song somewhere i don't know what it is uh my but, question uh, is why yeah.
0: is yugi able to do this now when just like four episodes ago he was like oh i just realized there's this pharaoh in my mind like why didn't he know. like go talk to him when they were like fighting uh kaiba
1: no I, okay i do know i do know why because taya is the smartest person here and she hadn't come up with the idea yet
0: and it's, yugi is just dumb as bricks
1: <laughs> i mean am i like where's the lie come on it's not until Tea says you actually have magical bullshit that
0: yugi goes oh right i
1: have magical bullshit that i could have been using
0: this whole time You know how you've got that Millennium puzzle hanging off your neck with the guy living in there? You should talk to that guy and come up with a plan. I mean,
1: yeah, right? (laughs) So they're
0: talking in the
1: Mind Palace, uh, and Little Yugi uh, and Big Yugi are talking, and, and Big Yugi's like, well, you know, he's beating us with his Millennium Eye or whatever, and Little Yugi goes, ah, but I have a good idea. And I love this response. Or uh, Little Yugi says, I have an idea. And Big Yugi says, it better be a good one. And then it, like, cuts to commercial. And I just love that. I love that relationship of, like, Big Yugi's like, uh-huh. Sure you do, kid. All right.
0: It is a good idea,
1: though. It is good. It is good. So Yugi suggests that they keep their minds separated. And then instead of turn... Oh, instead of merging like they usually do
0: he says merging like we usually do
1: which i mean this is the first time that we've heard that terminology i I didn't know that they were like in the fucking drift driving a yugi jaeger
0: (laughs) they're drift compatible
1: (laughs) oh i want that illustration now of just like two tiny yugis piloting a big yugi
0: (laughs) they use polymerization and turn into the same guy oh fuck what if that's so you know how Bakura started using
1: cards as like real magic I wonder if that is literally the
0: spell that the millennium item is casting it's just like in that movie quest for Camelot where there's the two headed dragon and at the end of the movie there's this like magical bullshit happening that's like merging things and separating things and then The dragons, like, get separated into two dragons with one head each. And then they decide that they'd much rather be the same dragon in the same body. And so they jump back together.
1: I remember nothing about that movie, but I have a very vivid, like, sense memory of that exact scene.
0: (laughs) It wasn't a very good movie.
1: No, I... God, I have not thought about that in years. All I remember is that the bad guy used this
0: merging magic to, like stick a sword in place of his hand yes there was like a hook hand yeah and there was a chicken or something that got merged with an axe into uh, an axe-headed chicken
1: oh yeah okay no i do i do remember this this is that's what's happening to you yeah where one of the the main characters is blind uh but he like uses his daredevil powers to get around.
0: Basically. I don't remember.
1: God. Okay. Well, I'm going to go find that movie next. Um, damn. All right. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's a throwback. Um, you've distracted me, Jimmy. Where were we? Uh,
0: Yugi is talking to himself.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, uh, Yugi says that they should keep their minds separated. Uh, and they uh, should switch back and forth each turn, uh, taking control of, of the body, so that each one has separate thoughts that they keep separate—that they keep secret even from each other, so that they'll play a card and then switch back. And then when Pegasus tries to read their mind, he'll be reading the mind of the soul, I guess, with—that who doesn't remember— what the previous turn was what
0: they just did that turn yeah yeah so they're swapping places pegasus tries to read their mind and that mind that just played the card will be wherever it goes the millennium puzzle i don't know
1: and this is like this is a legitimately really good strategy right like yeah it gets around mind reading in a very creative and unique way How did he come up with it so fast? And how did he know that that was a thing they could do?
0: I have no idea other than that's how he usually operates. Because usually it's just Yugi walking around by himself. And it's only when he plays card games that he joins the Pharaoh. Right. But like,
1: they've never done this before. They've never practiced this. Big Yugi has never taken control of the body on his own. I mean, I guess there was a time in the Shadow Realm. Yeah. But I don't know that anything in the Shadow Realm counts,
0: right? They didn't go into the Millennium Puzzle settings to enable this. (laughs) Oh,
1: it's just, it's just under uh, accessibility options.
0: (laughs) Two minds, one mind. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway,
1: it's, it's one of those things where it's like it's probably best to not think about it if we're being honest but i can't help myself i i i want this will keep me up at night is what i'm saying it's Uh, more magical
0: bullshit in a show full of magical bullshit
1: this is true so they cut from this conversation to pegasus's uh toon skull attacking the magical hat on the far left and it gets blown away and it's revealed that dark magician was not under that hat and pegasus is just like i i don't know how that's possible i, I read his mind i know it, i did it exactly right like i know i know that i know what card it was under and then yugi now in little yugi's voice says maybe you probed the wrong mind
0: pegasus you can't mind probe someone who's dumb like me <laughs> and doesn't know what card it is I mean
1: that's kind of true, and we cut to uh, Yugi, and we see that little Yugi is back. He's got his big anime eyes and his and his tiny little nose, and uh, I thought this is interesting. He's still wearing big Yugi's eyeshadow.
0: Oh, I didn't catch this.
1: Yeah, he's still got the like all the except for the face, all the physical trappings of big Yugi, which I think is really interesting because. Uh, you remember last week, uh, listener Thomas wrote in was like, yeah, I think uh, it's two different bodies that swap places. I don't know that it is. Maybe it is, but maybe they swap places slower with the separated minds thing. So it's just like slowly taking makeup off and putting it back on and <laughs> taking it off and putting it back on. So you always get just a, just a little bit of
0: eyeshadow Just left over.
1: Yeah, yeah, like you were out, you know, out late one night and just didn't take it off or something. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so we see now that it's, that little Yugi's back, uh, and then Joey from the the Peanut Gallery has my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> I wrote you this catch down this? too. He says, "Millennium Puzzle, Millennium Schmuzzle."
0: Yeah, Joey is mad that he's basically stuck up in the Peanut Gallery and can't do anything to help his friend Yugi. When it's just... Now it's just a magical fight between these two millennium items.
1: Yeah, and he, like... He's he's clearly, like, chomping at the bit to try to, like, do something to help his best friend, right? But what... Like, what plan is actually going through his mind here? What's he gonna do that will help Yugi?
0: I don't know.
1: He's gonna go down and punch the magic man in the <laughs> face? Like...
0: Honestly, he's gonna steal
1: Croquet's gun that he doesn't exist. He could sneak exist? up on Pegasus
0: and just chuck Pegasus into the bottomless pit he's standing over. That would solve this real quickly. Not just wrong. Just do murder.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? It would not be the first murder committed on this show. <laughs> uh. So. Uh, yeah. So Tay is like, oh, you know, calm down or whatever. Uh, and uh, we cut back to the duel, and Yugi plays a card face-down and then openly dares Pegasus to read his mind.
0: Come get my mind, sucker.
1: (laughs) And then he switches with Big Yugi, uh, who doesn't know what the the face-down card is. So when Pegasus reads Big Yugi's mind, all he sees is an image of a face-down card, which I think was honestly a really good shot. Like, they do the whole, like overlays and everything really well here that's pretty cool big yugi when pegasus gets confused big yugi explains that he is not yugimoto but someone else entirely uh and then he says another ridiculous line this episode's full of these there's a lot He's,
0: of weird lines
1: in this episode it's just the it's so odd uh he says now, every time you try to read our minds, we'll mind shuffle.
0: Ah, yes, mind shuffle, that famous move that we all know and love. His signature. His signature right? move, the mind shuffle.
1: The mind shuffle,
0: of Let's course. Let's do the mind shuffle again.
1: <laughs> it does sound like a dance move, right? Like, this feels like an emote in Fortnite.
0: <laughs> do you get the, the new uh, mind shuffle emote? <laughs>
1: yeah bro I paid 60 zap bucks for it or whatever uh (laughs) uh yeah so Taya and Joey hear big Yugi say mind shuffle that's all they that's all they know right they just hear him say the words mind shuffle but then they immediately turn to each other and explain the entirety of Yugi's plan to each other why the
0: hell does everyone know how magic works in this episode well, until just like one or two episodes ago, they were just like, Ugh, "Magic is real." It's it's so unfathomable. I literally just spilt tea on myself. <laughs> uh,
1: I there something happened right this episode? Something clicked where I think, like, if this were like a role playing game, right, everyone would have lost a level of sanity. Or maybe gained one. Depends on the on the game you're playing.
0: But they suddenly... leveled up and suddenly gain all these new abilities, such as knowing yeah. how magic works.
1: Yeah, like something unlocks in all of these characters, right? Like a little a little switch gets flipped where they suddenly understand the rules of magic and can relay them to each other in like a, a secret language known only to them. Like, how the hell do you know? Like mind shuffle. What is that? What what is that? You're talking about a card game. Are you shuffling telekinetically?
0: Is that a is that a card? Are you playing a card that we haven't seen before? Right. Oh yeah, it
1: could be the name of a card.
0: But it's uh, not. It's a magical move that Yugi knows, and they all know. And I don't. So okay, here's the other thing about this
1: that frustrates me is now that Yugi said it, and Tristan, and or uh, pardon me, Joey and Taya have said it, Yugi knows, or, uh, Jesus, names, Pegasus knows
0: the strategy.
1: Yeah, why so, would you me?
0: tell your opponent who, in a game with, where the stakes are this high, exactly what you're doing and right? how you're doing it?
1: And like sure he would have figured it out eventually because it it kind of seems like he can tell whose mind he's reading. Yeah, he's a But he would have figured it out much later, right? Like he he would at least be confused for a few more turns. And he's still confused for a couple of turns, but it would it would have lasted longer. So I feel like That move right there, just giving it a cool name, like, sure, yeah, I know, you came up with Mind Shuffle, and you're real proud of it. Yeah, you've had, like, 5,000 years to come up with that. But keep it to yourself, maybe, for, like, 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, you don't tell your opponent what you're doing.
1: So we cut from that to what I'm going to
0: guess is your favorite part of the episode? It's, uh cut back to the bakura gang with bakura and tristan and the uh soulless husk of mokuba that they're just kind of the anime formerly known as mokuba (laughs) just a sack of potatoes um (laughs) and they're in that spot where we left them last episode where there's this door that just leads to open air on the side of the castle and mm-hmm. they're cornered by uh, henchmen who are threatening them, and I'm ninety percent sure one of the henchmen is Joy's voice actor. Oh, that, that they just got to do some throwaway lines because it sounds very similar to his voice. Without, yeah, the, I mean that wouldn't surprise accent.
1: me. I remember there were there were it was a couple episodes ago
0: that we thought it was R- Croquet's voice actor. Probably it's probably just I all won't... the voice actors, and they were like, "Hey, while you're here, can you play?" Uh, this one line can you do this one line for this random uh henchman yeah i mean it it wouldn't
1: wouldn't surprise me at all uh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep googling it (laughs) Uh, anyway the point is anyway yeah uh
0: bakura and company are cornered and um bakura is doing that thing where he's just kind of threatening the guards and he just pulled out uh the deck of cards the Mm -hmm. deck of dual monsters cards and Tristan recognizes him from when they got sucked into the shadow realm and then immediately thought it was a dream.
1: Yeah, he, I don't know exactly. This is another one of those like things that I don't fully understand the mechanics of is he has a flashback to what he thinks is a dream sees Bad Kura in the dream, and then immediately realizes, oh, no, that was real life.
0: I guess. Or the writers just kind of conveniently forgot. Uh, maybe? I don't know.
1: Who knows? But yeah, so he he instantly distrusts Bad Kura, which is... A good, <laughs> a, good a pretty call. smart move. Yeah, yeah.
0: And Badkura, someone he draws a card from his deck and he plays it in real life. Uh, it's a man-eater bug, and this kind of like semi-transparent monster uh, crawls down the stairs at the guards and attacks them.
1: Man-eater bug. Just before we talk about what happens next, the. F- the freeze man-eater-bug, the name is not hyphenated, is that right? I don't know. Or is it? I don't know. Between man and eater? Because it, knowing what I know about the Yu-Gi-Oh! universe, this would be the kind of card where if Bakura were in a duel against my Valentine, she would be like, Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, that card can't eat my harpies, ladies, because they're not men.
0: <laughs> That's true. That would be right? the sort of bullshit they would try to pull. But it's not a card game. This is real life. <laughs> and as one of the <laughs> guards says, oh no, he summoned the monster that was on that card. And he's gonna sick it on us. Oh god.
1: Yeah, they do say that, don't I?
0: Yeah. And then the man <laughs> eater bug just kind of jumps at them. Uh uh-huh. and then uh let's see what it happens. It has like
1: a it has like a ghostly presence to it. Yeah. Else. It's like, like it's not semi-transparent. Fully... It's not
0: um it's not v- as visible as the holographic monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of jumps at the guards and um, they're like it cuts away and they're getting attacked by this bug off screen. And um Bad Kura says present day humans are so fun to terrorize, don't you think?
1: Oh yeah, I fucking love that line. He uh he does it in his I mean you did the actually good Bad Kura voice, but Present-day uh,
0: humans are so fun to terrorize, don't you think? He has completely <laughs> lost his British accent. It's uh-huh. just kind of dark and deep and malevolent. Mwah, and then
1: Tristan, Tristan has a great comeback. He goes, not particularly. And then he goes, but then again, I'm a modern-day human. What are you?
0: <laughs> I forget what he says
1: to that. I don't think he replies.
0: He says Does something. He...
1: He might just start explaining that he's the spirit of the know. of the Millennium Ring because that does happen. Like he he kind of he intimates that he is this ancient malevolent being, yeah, uh, that has taken over the body of Bakura. And it's kind of um, left.
0: They don't really address how he escaped if he's been banished to the Shadow Realm, but he's back.
1: Yeah. And, so he mentions how Bakura betrayed him, and essentially, like he says that like I betrayed him back.
0: How? Who knows? Bullshit. Magic bullshit. So he draws (laughs) another card, uh, Morphing Jar, and then he throws it at the guards and it like spins around on the ground like a Beyblade. Did you notice this?
1: Yeah. He like, he does like a frisbee throw with it and it just spins there for a while. Which I thought was pretty cool.
0: The Morphing Jar comes out in real life. Ooh, and it's a jar with like this evil face in it. And Mm -hmm. then the face just kind of. It's like uh, a Play-Doh snake. It's just a face at the end of this Play-Doh snake that like oozes out and goes at the guards, and it doesn't show what happens to them. But then they end up in the the card graveyard. Yeah, they get like before. magically
1: they get like magically transported to the shadow realm. Uh, is essentially how Bedkura explains it, and then they are in the graveyard, like capital T capital G the graveyard.
0: Yeah, in uh, like card game terms, that graveyard. Yeah. Not just a generic graveyard. But then they, and... they wake up and they're like, oh, where are we? And they <laughs> look over and they see the reaper of the cards coming at them.
1: Which, like, it's the reaper of the cards. Can it reap other things besides cards? Or are these dudes
0: fine? That's a good question, because anything that ends up in the card graveyard is ostensibly... A card, so a I guess point. it would have dominion over them.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't know. Uh, it doesn't know the the that rule. I guess of like, oh, these are human beings yeah. who ended up here by accident. These are not. It doesn't have the processing power to filter between card and non-card. It just assumes that everything here is card.
0: Anyway, the guards see that, and it's a classic cartoon tr- cartoon trope where they all just yell. Whoa! Oh, at once and then it <laughs> as just... it fades into the next scene yeah it fades into the next scene and we're back to the duel between yugi and pegasus yep uh so pegasus is
1: uh sort of taken aback by the the mind shuffle <laughs> just still just the worst uh and he kind of ha- takes a moment he like regains his composure and he tells Yugi that... Or Yugi, I guess, starts telling him... I didn't write these lines down. I I wish that I had. Yugi starts telling him, like, you have relied on your mind powers for too long. Like, you've you've used the Millennium Eye for so long that you've gotten lazy, and you don't have the skill anymore to beat me.
0: And then Pegasus says, well, have you forgotten that I literally invented this game and am the best (laughs) in the world at it?
1: (laughs) It's such a, like... It's such a Pegasus moment too where he goes like, "Ah, oh, Yugi boy, you see I have I am more than just my mind-reading powers. Did you forget I invented this game and I'm the world champion." And he like kind of goes on about himself for a bit. So I I I think I think Pegasus like you know how Yugi sort of gets power from friendship, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about this before. I think Pegasus literally gains power from talking about himself.
0: <laughs> it's uh it's um like Yugi is Captain America and he's asking uh Pegasus you lose the suit, well, you lose the magic abu- the magic abilities. What are you? Genius billionaire pay- playboy philanthropist of card games?
1: <laughs> oh man, this really is I... like a like a Captain America Iron Man situation, huh? Yeah.
0: I mean, he's still uh, a genius card player who's, like, number one in the entire world and through this entire uh, card game tournament for his own amusement. Like, he's I mean, not just one magic guy who only use, wins using magic. I mean, he is, but... He is.
1: Well, and and and, you know, to the point that I made, I don't remember if this was last week or two weeks ago, but, you know, he not only is, like good at games he made a game yes and then marketed that game such that it is the most popular game in the world to the point where and we're going to see this in like 10 episodes or something when another person invents a game it is a riot like people are visibly shocked that another game could exist
0: really oh i'm excited to see this now
1: they're they're oh yeah it gets it gets very interesting but like not only is he smart he's savvy i guess for lack of a better word like well and he's you know older and more experienced than yugi in a variety of ways um like he, he he essentially reminds yugi like i'm the grown-up here <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh
0: you are a little boy playing card games against me the guy who invented card games <laughs> basically <laughs> exactly exactly
1: exactly uh so pegasus has toon skull uh toon summon skull pardon me uh attack the hat in the middle and it's that whole dramatic, like, lightning bolt thing again, and the the hat gets swept away in smoke. And Pegasus is a, has a great line where he, like, leans in and he goes, did I get it? I think I got it. I must have gotten it. And no, he didn't. There's nothing under there. Uh, and, then, and then Big Yugi literally says the word mind shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> it's an anime. You have,
0: if, you, if you're using, like, a special anime move, you have to yell out what the name of the move is.
1: This is true that that's very fair so he says mind shuffle and they do the mind shuffle and it switches to uh, to little Yugi who draws a uh, living arrow and plays it face down and then he says mind shuffle and they switch back to Big Yugi.
0: My question here is um, while they're doing this uh, shouldn't Pegasus, be able to read their mind anyway, and then just get the same information on what cards they are, just staggered just a little bit later. I
1: genuinely don't know. I mean, maybe there's a time component to it. In the last episode, it seemed to be pretty instant, but maybe it like takes him a second to spin up the brain juice. Like,
0: yeah, I, because I, ge- Yugi played Magical Hats or whatever, Yugi or mm-hmm. and Pegasus couldn't read him, but now it's like. A turn later, Little Yugi is back. Pegasus should be able to read his mind and see which hat the uh, magician is under. It's the you same should, mind-reading information, just a little later.
1: Right, and it would still be helpful.
0: It would still be helpful, but I guess that's not how magic works. <laughs>
1: I, You know what? If there's one thing I, I have learned in our year-plus of making this podcast is that sometimes... You just don't know how things work.
0: Sometimes magic is involved. And when that happens, you can do whatever the fuck you want.
1: <laughs> I mean, basically, especially when it's Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, and, uh, let's see. Oh, I had another question here. Just in my notes. Can everyone see big Yugi, little Yugi, like physically change?
0: That's a good question. You've there is a before. shot. Uh, somewhere in this episode where it's like it's a close-up of yugi's face and then it pans down to the millennium item which glows and then it mm-hmm. pans up to his face and he's the different yugi
1: that's this that just happened
0: is that right now? that's
1: that's this scene yeah and we've seen before like kaiba especially reacting to yugi's transformation sequence it's kind of unclear why but like if If it is visible, then, okay, fine, whatever. Like, just more nobody reacting to magic happening. If it's not, they really shouldn't be announcing when they're switching.
0: Yeah, it should be obvious. If the Millennium Puzzle glows and then all your facial features change and you grow like a foot taller, you wouldn't need to know when they mind shuffle.
1: And, that, well, and that's what I'm saying is, like, if, if that is not the case and there's no sort of physical outward signs that they've switched to the other people in the room, announcing that they're switching gives Pegasus an idea of whose mind is out when. Whereas if they just kept it a secret, it would be like, whose mind am I reading now? I don't know.
0: Whose mind is it anyway?
1: <laughs> oh, where the bullshit's made up and the points don't matter.
0: Uh, the life points do. Uh, they
1: they do. Uh, so Pegasus draws and plays a card that uh, I've never heard of before, but called magical neutralizing force.
0: Yeah, and he yells out, "Magical neutralizing force, activate!"
1: I think he was maybe just feeling left out because uh, the Yugi's were saying mind shuffle so yeah. often. He just wanted to like declare something. <laughs> Uh, what this card does is it eliminates all magical effects on the opponent's side of the field, uh, which wipes away uh, the magical hats and reveals Dark Magician. Um, So, you know, Pegasus is, like, loading again. Yugi's like, oh, no, Dark Magician is going to get destroyed or whatever. And Pegasus has another great line here where he says, does your heart grow cold knowing that your demise is only seconds away? Which is poetic as fuck I'm yeah. being honest uh he has a uh, tune summon skull attack the dark magician and
0: now for the is second here time we're... this episode oh no go ahead now is here this is when things get weird
1: it does because for the second time this episode time slows down yes inexplicably uh mid attack yugi mind shuffles uh, to Little Yugi.
0: Yeah. As, like, freeze frame as this lightning is, like, coming slowly across the battlefield and, like, a million things happen at once.
1: So the first thing that happens is he mind travels from Big Yugi to Little Yugi.
0: Yeah. Big Yugi is like, I don't have an idea of what I can do here. So he mind travels oh, right. to Little Yugi and Little mm-hmm. Yugi is like, oh, I've got an idea of what I can do here.
1: And he reveals uh the first face down card that he played living arrow uh and he switches back to big yugi i guess it switches back and forth a few times and i didn't quite understand it so he activates living arrow switches back to big yugi Big Yugi does a Phoenix Right Point at Pegasus, which I only remember because there was a weird foreshortening where it looked like he didn't have an arm. Yeah,
0: he's like eh, right next to his face.
1: He just had one giant hand. Um and uh uses Living Arrow to fuse I still don't understand the rules the rules of Living Arrow. Living Arrow can fuse with any card and fire it fire that card back at any card or player
0: I get, yeah so you so can use your op- card your opponent's stuff against them with this magic arrow
1: exactly so the living arrow card fuses with magical neutralizing card and uh ma- the magical neutralizing force force and fires it back at toon world completely eliminating it and this is still mid-attack mind you so so this is kind of just like brushed aside for the moment. Pegasus, I guess, just thinks it's fine. He doesn't want to really react because the attack is still going to kill Dark Magician.
0: Yeah. but The magic arrow hits Toon World and dispels Toon World's magic. So, all of Pegasus's Toon cards uh, come out of Toon World and are returned to their regular state, their non tuned state. And this is all revealed at the same time
1: as yugi mind shuffles back to little yugi
0: yeah and we'll little have yugi to do reveals... a recap at the end but
1: it's um, so weird
0: it tune world is dispelled so uh yeah pegasus gets back uh red whatever mermaid lady uh-huh archer red archer whatever yep. the hell her name was um just regular ass uh summon skull uh-huh and what was the third one doppelganger yeah it was doppelganger and so uh, Toon Skull's attack is still going for Dark Magician. Right. But then Yugi plays Mirror Force.
1: Yeah, so it switches back to Little Yugi, and Little Yugi reveals the other card that he put down earlier, which is Mirror Force.
0: So the Toon Lightning attack is still going for Dark Magician, but he in that same instant... That all the rest of this shit happens he plays mirror force which bounces the attack back at pegasus so Summon skulls attack goes and hits all of pegasus's monsters uh as they are at the same instant they are untuned and then i guess they all just die
1: yeah so this was the thing that i was trying to figure out mirror force it seems Reflects the attack back at each monster individually rather than splitting the attack force among them. Yeah, it's not just bouncing
0: back at Summon Skull, it's bouncing back at all his creatures.
1: Right. So each of Pegasus's cards takes damage equal to Summon Skull's attack power. So Summon Skull dies, and I think it was probably the most powerful card there. So the rest of them die as well. And Pegasus loses a bunch of uh life points as a, as a result of this
0: yes uh it so i just have my notes that pegasus re-
1: pan pegasus panics in a weird way as my last note there yeah he <laughs> does d-
0: pegasus just for like 30 seconds just whines for a little bit
1: yeah so i don't know that was weird um but yeah so the a, a kind of quick recap of that is, like, in the span of three seconds, four cards are played? Something along those lines. Something along those lines.
0: Pegasus three, three at least. Pegasus' tune skull attacks Dark Magician. Uh-huh. And simultaneously, Yugi swaps brains, um, plays... Four times. Plays Living Arrow. Living Arrow... Uh-huh. Uh, merges with uh what the hell that card was called
1: uh a uh, magical neutralizing Force? yeah magical neutralizing
0: mm-hmm. whatever that yep. dispels toon world uh all the creatures come out of toon world uh and then the attack from Toon's, toon skull is instantly reflected back at all the creatures that just came out and they die right because while they were
1: in toon world they were invincible yes they could only be attacked by their toon monsters which of course only pegasus had because that's how he works so at the end of all of that croquet announces that the score stands at yugi 900 pegasus
0: 600 and then he apologizes to pegasus for announcing the score (laughs) Score like, stands at Yugi nine hundred Pegasus six hundred. I'm sorry, sir. Why?
1: <laughs> why at this point did Croquet decide to announce the score? This has not happened at all this entire tournament. Not once has he announced <gasps> each player's life points. No one does that. That they have the little readout for it,
0: right? Like it's we see it's it on the, the end screen. of the episode. And he wants us, the audience, to know. So thank I you, Croquet. Guess
1: thanks thanks croquet uh voice of
0: exposition so can i just say um this whole last turn all that sh- shit that went down i'm so glad to see actual card game mechanics in this show because usually yeah, it it's felt just, really good goes back and forth but here is like uh when you're playing a blue deck in magic and you can just do this crazy combo where a million things happen at once, and your opponent counters it, and you counter that counter and bring out another creature, and then one of your creature's abilities activates. It's that sort of thing that happens. Yeah, For once yeah, in absolutely. this show. It's about card game mechanics instead of magic nonsense.
1: <laughs> I mean, eh, a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. I uh, mean, there is we're not...
0: also magic bullshit happening in this turn with the mind swap. <laughs>
1: right it yeah they they i think they must swap four times back and forth in the span of what three seconds yeah which is fine i guess but it's just like all right we see you over there with your magical bullshit calm um, down that you just learned how to use apparently uh but the episode is not over yet so we do cut back to the dungeon badcora says uh oh
0: it starts with a close-up shot that's one of my favorite of one of the guards like sunglasses that they all wear indoors (laughs) that's just sitting on the ground all cracked and broken
1: yeah and badcora says uh i'm just gonna do my my normal badcora voice he goes as you can see there is not a single particle of these pathetic fools left in this dimension i have no patience for obstacles that get in my way remember that
0: Your bad Kura sounds like the comic book guy from Simpsons. (laughs) I think that's what I'm going for. Uh,
1: But yeah, so he's like uh, bragging about how clean a kill it was, I
0: guess. Yeah. And so Tristan uh, recognizes that um, he is bad Kura. He's back. And... um, He realizes, he asks, I think he just asks uh, Bad Kuro what he wants, and um, he says that he needs a new host without a mind or soul, so he can't get uh, betrayed all the time, like what happened to him earlier. And Tristan realizes...
1: this is the part where he explains, like, the reason that he is is back or, like, able to be back at all is because he and Bakura share a body, and, like, that's why he went away as Bakura betrayed him, and that's why he's back now is he's, like, taking vengeance. But to avoid all of that entirely, in the future. he would like to have a host that does not already have a soul in it so that he can be sort of a one-soul you know, kind dude. of guy.
0: <laughs> and what do you know? There just so happens to be a couple of soulless guys just hanging around in this dungeon, just including Mokuba. Bad Kura wants to inhabit the body of like a six-year-old little boy. And can I just say that it's weird as fuck?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think if you're an evil spirit that's been around for five thousand years, you kind of just take what you can get. But yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> I mean, at least, like, in this show's defense, at least it's not, like, Taya, right? Yeah. Because I could totally see a version of the show where it goes that direction where, like, Taya gets kidnapped somehow and, like, her soul gets stolen. And then Bakura's
0: like, I want to inhabit that girl. <laughs> I want like, have- to inhabit just the body weird. of this teenage girl, please. I'm Bad Kura. <laughs> it's me, Taya. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, oh god, Lauren's over here hearing just my part of this conversation it's Just giving me the weirdest looks It's um, a weird concept to introduce in a, killed, in a children's uh, card game show It is, and it's like A 5,000 year old man in the body of a, a, a small child And it's already, you know Kind of like getting deep
1: into the metaphysical discussion Of like the nature of his soul But I didn't expect it to get this dark this quickly.
0: Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, uh, back to the duel. Yeah, we don't Band spend much time on just, it. like, malevolently laughs for, like, 20 seconds as it fades away, mm-hmm. and um, it's back to the Yugi and Pegasus duel, and Pegasus monologues a little more. He does, it's something along the lines of like,
1: I am so proud of you, Yugi boy. Uh, When I met you, you were just a a young duelist who showed some promise, and now look at you. Uh, What what does he fucking say? Like, on your way to becoming the the world champion of duel monsters, and you've nearly mastered the power of your Millennium Puzzle. Uh, Something along those lines. And he reveals that uh, not only is he going to beat Yugi in this game but he aims to take possession of the Millennium Puzzle and that is the entire purpose for this duel
0: which we kind of already knew already
1: yeah, yeah. and yeah, I
0: absolutely. know it's just because of how theatrical Pegasus is um, if he wants the Millennium Puzzle so bad instead of just having this whole tournament he could just steal it yeah <laughs> just take it Hmm, Yugi boy, I play a gun in attack position. (laughs) Give me that puzzle, motherfucker. (laughs) I mean, basically, yeah, right?
1: Like, there's so many different ways that this could have gone down. But no, Pegasus just had to plan out this, like, whole tournament that was all the guys to, you know, lure Yugi here. There is still, by the way, I think this is worth mentioning. There's definitely still children out there starving on the island, right? Oh, yeah. Like, that's still happening.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they all They're, got on the ferry back home.
1: Well, like, was there any notification of, like, hey, by the way, the semifinals are starting now? We don't see one. Nobody no. alerts the the other duelists that, like, it's over now. That's so a good there's point. Definitely, there's definitely some kid out there. Like, Mako Tsunami, right, is, like, still out there fishing. They're
0: still out dueling each other for Star Chips. When yeah. <laughs> the actual finals are going on right now, they're like yeah, forming a society. No one is like in the the gallery with Taya and Joey, like no watching the show. And that's and that's what would absolutely happen if they announced
1: it to anybody. Is yeah. they would come and be spectators. But that's instead, the sort of thing you would
0: want to see if you're if you came to this island just to play card games, you'd want to see huh. the like final match
1: right yeah and you know from everything we've seen all of pegasus's infrastructure is focused on like guards inside the castle there's no mention of ferrying the remaining duelist home
0: i don't think he gives a shit about them
1: i don't think he does i think they're just gonna like live there now that's their life now they're gonna they're gonna start foraging on duelist kingdom
0: the duelist which peasants. is another
1: great album name by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh uh pegasus does something that caught my attention uh you and i will finish this contest in the shadow realm uh yes he does
1: say the shadow realm finally oh no he says it twice actually because that's one of the things that he's proud of yugi for is he he says uh you've been to the shadow realm and back uh and then and then yeah he goes into that like uh uh what does he say he, he, yeah you and i will finish this in the shadow realm and then he goes uh oh this is my note and this time it's winner take all
0: because well, it wasn't before i guess that was kind of the conditions of this tournament is that oh you, it's kind of always the deal you win and you get to do whatever you want right so i don't know i mean maybe he's just stating the obvious for dramatic effect I it mean, could he be totally it, it
1: succeeds at that
0: yeah um um But I guess he he can... Does Pegasus have the ability to turn this into a a Shadow Realm game?
1: I think that's the thing. I think they all do. Uh, The holders of Millennium Items, anyway. I think what's happening here... And we don't really see much after he says that line. But I think what's happening here is the same thing that happened when uh, Joey and Tristan and Taya snuck into his room that one time. Mm. And they, like, slipped into that other dungeon-y thing i think that was the shadow realm and yeah and this is Pegasus sort game. of yeah i think this is pegasus sort of opening the the gate into the shadow realm because it uh, ends in a, to... a freeze
0: frame with him kind of like laughing and then there's like this purple energy like behind him that i think means that the whole um arena they're on is like going into the shadow realm to finish this duel. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe that's why it's over the bottomless pit. Maybe it just like drops into it. It falls so fast it goes into another dimension.
0: <laughs> oh my uh, god! The the shadow realm is speed force. Fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes as much sense as speed force if we're being honest.
0: <laughs> uh, but that's the end uh, of the episode. That's it, man. Yeah. To be continued. Once again. Once
1: again, I I will say I appreciate how these multi-parters sort of end on Pegasus freeze frames lately. Uh, that is always appreciated. But that was part three. Uh,
0: Out of five, favorite?
1: right? Out of five. We have two more. <laughs> two more. Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode?
0: Ooh, good question. Uh, my favorite Thank part you. of this episode was... Um, Yugi's uh, combo move at the end there where he did like five Mm -hmm. things at once. That was cool to see uh, actual card game mechanics that we don't see before because usually you just play a monster or an attack and then it goes to the other player. There's no combos. This is one of the only ones we've seen that didn't involve silly nonsense like stabbing the moon.
1: (laughs) You know stabbing the moon has kind of grown on me. I have a new appreciation for stabbing the moon after this series.
0: But it's an actual uh, smart uh, card game combo to do all the stuff uh, at instant speed in one turn.
1: Yeah, and it makes sense within like the few defined rules that we know of this game, right? Yeah. Like There is nothing in that where... Well, okay, I still don't know how Living Arrow works, but... There was nothing in that where I was like, wait a second, you can't do that in Yu-Gi-Oh!
0: Yeah, like everything else that we've seen so far. It, right. It, it It was a smart move that worked within the clearly defined parameters, as few of them as they are. <laughs> right,
1: right, exactly.
0: Uh, what was your favorite part of this episode?
1: Van, you you know me. You know what it is.
0: Millennium Hashtag, schmuzzle?
1: No, oh. no, it was, before, it was before that. That was very good. Uh, But no, it was before that. Hashtag justice for Taya. Oh, yeah. Taya saying out loud that Pegasus has magic and Yugi has magic as well.
0: So they should use the magic against each other.
1: Finally, somebody says it out loud that magic happens and calls it for what it is, magic in this world. And that is how Pegasus is cheating. And that's how Yugi should cheat right back because now you know no rules just right outback dual house let's do this thing right like
0: that is that is the call to action that this show needed thank you for actually addressing it taya instead of just kind of tiptoeing around it for what episode number is this 30, 37 37 episodes
1: <laughs> and she's known like Yugi straight up tells her, like, hey, there is a there is a spirit inside of me that I am, like, wrestling with. Yeah. And, like, I think it might be something, like, ancient and magical, possibly. That was, like, eight episodes ago? Yeah, and then
0: they just kind of hemmed and hawed and forgot about it.
1: Yeah. And it literally, like, they've talked... They've circled this, right? They've talked so much about, like, magic-adjacent things happening. And finally tay is like wait a second let's examine this from all possible angles so that was my favorite part
0: all right what was your least favorite part
1: Ooh, do i do the least favorite first this time do it uh least favorite man least favorite i gotta think about this
0: should i go first
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, there are some little things that I like making fun of here in this episode, but I gotta think about least favorite real quick. So why don't don't you go first?
0: My least favorite is kind of a tie. Um, Okay. It's a tie between, uh, suddenly everyone knows how magic works and Mm -hmm. what all that entails. Like, all at once, they just know all this stuff when they've been completely clueless about it in the previous entire show. Uh... It's a time between that and if Yugi could just go into his mind and talk to the pharaoh at will, how come he hasn't done it before? Like, for example, when he's afraid that the pharaoh is going to make Kaiba commit suicide off the edge of the cliff. That would have been an important time to do it. Why haven't you done this before, you little idiot? Yeah. Go, go and meet this person that you're sharing a body with who lives in your magical artifact that you keep around your neck. Yeah. Like he yeah, was barely aware of it, like what, eight episodes ago. And right. now he's just walking around in his own mind and talking to him. That's yeah. zero to 100 real quick. It strikes me as kind of similar to
1: like, you know, those stranger danger PSAs from when we were growing up of like, don't give people your real name on the internet. Oh yeah. It's like, everyone fucking does now like it's it strikes me as that is like here's a small child just instantly trusting an old man
0: and not even never an old man before a ghost
1: yeah well, yeah that's tr- very true the presence of an old man uh and they've like barely spoken but they share a body from time to time Uh <laughs> yeah that's bad that's bad they should communicate
0: yeah <laughs> they should talk get coffee or something yeah. catch up I introduce that, each other that
1: kind of goes for yugi and like everyone in the show right like if yugi and joey had talked at all before their duel like and really communicated about kind of what their intentions are and what the actual play is then i think that that episode would have been much faster and much better
0: uh yeah i forfeit Okay, Joey, here's a card so you can get a bunch of money. Thanks, Yeah, you. and like...
1: Man, that still makes me angry. <laughs> uh, no, that that does actually remind me of what my worst is, though, if, if you're ready for that. Yes,
0: I'm ready. Go ahead.
1: My worst is not the fact that Yugi picks this time to communicate with the, the spirit living inside of him. It's that... He says to the spirit, hey, look, I know that you're the 5,000-year-old spirit that, like, helps me be good at card games, and I know that we're fighting against somebody who is clearly more powerful than both of us right now, but, like, I have a plan. And then it just cuts to them executing the plan. And there's no indication that Big Yugi had any real input here, and I think that maybe the plan could have benefited from that. Like, I don't know, maybe not, like, just exclaiming mind shuffle every time, or explaining the
0: the strategy to Pegasus. I'm going to beat you, Pegasus. Let me explain, step by step, how I'm going to do it. And, like... You know, it, th- this feels
1: like such a Yugi mistake of like, oh, I'm going to optimistically sort of walk into this and just trust that I will sort of protagonist
0: luck my way through things.
1: We're well, not even—it's
0: not even a Yugi mistake. I feel it's more like just the show in general. Whenever anyone does a card game move of any sort, where they just pull you, the audience, aside for like. 30 seconds and explain exactly what's going on even though we already can see what's going on right they have to announce it and then explain it to each other how it's working every time and Yui's just doing the same thing with actual magic
1: but it <sighs> leaving the audience out of out of it right like yeah i that is such a dangerous gamble for yugi to make because we've seen in like the duel uh against maya uh, maya my in the duel against my when he's explicitly not talking to the spirit he's bad at duel monsters <laughs> he's like not that like he's fine right like he's 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 f- passable at dual monsters yeah. but he's not championship level he's not capable of going up against pegasus on his own like why does he get to be in charge of the plan when literal multiple literal souls hanging the balance
0: because he's the main character and that's the only reason i guess so that's my worst
1: don't let the main character come up with the plan <laughs>
0: Let the side characters come up with the plan.
1: (laughs) Justice for Taya.
0: Hashtag justice for (laughs) Taya.
1: All right. Well, if that's all we have for this episode, I believe that it's time to wrap up. It's It's time time to eh, 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 end the episode. Jimmy, as we do every week, we talk about cards of the week. We have a random card of the week as well. Do you have any cards from this episode you want to talk about?
0: Uh, I think the most interesting new card we've seen was the Arrow of Light. Whatever it was
1: called. Uh, oh, Living Arrow. Living now, we've Arrow. seen Living Arrow once before. And it was used to turn... Oh, I'm going to forget what exactly this was. This was to turn... Uh, dragon into a zombie I want to say do you remember this oh
0: yeah it it merged the dragon with summon skull or something
1: yeah and it turned it into a a undead dragon whose like life force couldn't be sustained by its body so it died somehow Um, living arrow I'm trying to pull up the actual rules to the card here and I'm not Oh, I have Finding haven't. anything. You have it? What's it say?
0: The effect of your spell is given to an opponent's monster. So oh, that's, that's an it, easy way to say that. That's how it works in the actual card game.
1: Oh, I like that. That's, that's much easier. <laughs> it's much easier to understand than living arrow fuses with any spell in the field and can be sent to whatever point I declare. And now I will wave my arms. Um... Yeah, I, you know, I, I like that. It's like you said earlier, you know, it's kind of like playing a blue deck oh, in Magic yeah. the Gathering. Like, it really lets you set up for sort of long chains of really just fucking with your opponent.
0: Yeah, uh, I did pull up the uh, Yugipedia uh, article on this, and it's from episode 24 when he used it against Kaiba. Uh, he used it ah, with. Poly- okay. He did use it with polymerization to fuse Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon with Mammoth Graveyard.
1: Oh, that's which right. Which okay.
0: then just went into story nonsense and caused it to decay and lose twelve hundred attack. Because it was disintegrating.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I remember that, and that was interesting because he used Living Arrow on his own polymerization card, and that let him play it on kaiba's monster
0: yeah
1: which again is like a good use of that strategy it's a good way to like kind of combo like you said stuff together it didn't really work out as like a combo in that case yeah it, it delved well, into more
0: it delved into a stab the moon situation where it's just making shit up as you go along for right. the enemy. what's the uh actual card of the week
1: so, our card of the week is randomly generated by my list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh! card. Is titled "Double Dude Token."
0: Sorry, <laughs> "Double Dude Token." <laughs> I'm googling this. "Double right Dude now. Token"
1: is a four-star Warrior slash actual token, and it says "Special Summoned" with the effect of Destiny Hero Double Dude, and it has a thousand attack and defense. So double dude token looks like tuxedo mask with a scarf.
0: I think. Yeah, he looks. He looks like you know in the Invisible Man movies. He looks like if Slenderman put on uh, like a coat and a hat. Even better. That's yep. All of that.
1: That's perfect. And like a long purple scarf. Just it's just this featureless white dude i guess uh holding a, a cane and in the picture i've got pulled up it's floating slightly above the ground which is really interesting that's like a sort of a ghostly presence yes yeah,
0: it's kind of floating around uh oh here's a shot i guess we see him later in the anime yeah that's basically it uh his face is uh, covered up by this giant ass scarf he's wearing yeah
1: yeah are those like pince nez glasses
0: that it's wearing i think his eyes are just blank
1: uh okay that would explain it uh double there's a so there there's a another card that's mentioned here uh called double dude uh and so double dude has the power (laughs) to create double dude tokens this is such a goofy name the art for Double Dude is really interesting because it's this sort of ghostly suit and long purple scarf figure and then behind him is uh um Oh, what's that Street Fighter character name?
0: Oh, I know the guy you're talking about, but I have no idea what his name oh, is. Oh, what
1: is it? This is going to bug me. He's uh, like this big
0: hulking barbarian uh Dr. Hyde sort of guy. Blanca, Mr. Hyde.
1: it's literally Blanca from Street Fighter. Yes, giant green Hulk-like figure with just huge white spiky hair that flows back. Uh, doesn't explain why. I'm assuming that's the the other dude. <laughs> <laughs> there's double dudes. There's double dudes. There's 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 two dudes there. Uh, Is that and the I same guess...
0: dude just hulking out? It's a thousand
1: percent unclear. Who knows? Uh, But this is Double Dude Token, which is the offspring of Double Dude. Yeah, it's Uh, just uh,
0: another dude that comes out, I guess.
1: Hey, you know what? Sometimes you just got to get your Double Dude. You got to double your Double Dude.
0: Walking into uh, In-N-Out Burger. Hey, can I get a uh, Double Dude
1: They probably still serve you something, right? (laughs) Like, they might not fully understand what you're asking for, but they'd give you something.
0: They'd give you a a double-double with, like, a little hat on it.
1: Oh, that'd be adorable.
0: Now I'm hungry. All
1: right. Yeah, that's our card of the week. Double-dude token. Uh, if you want to reach out to us you can do so by uh, following us on twitter and instagram at yampod that's y-a-m-p-o-d you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com you can go to our website which is tyler.games slash y-a-m-p or welcome to flavor.town slash y-a-m-p uh jimmy tell us about your other podcast
0: dungeons against humanity our website is dungeonsagainsthumanity.net you can find it wherever you find podcasts I think uh, I know for sure it's on SoundCloud. I think it's on uh, iTunes. It is on iTunes. Okay, I thought so. Uh, but as the name implies, uh, it's a D&D game where we, ra- we draw random uh, Cards Against Humanity cards to inspire our NPCs and just like the environment and like items and stuff. Um, yeah. I play a warlock who is... Uh, accidentally uh, warlock pacted to a unicorn.
1: <laughs> Which I because uh, he's not accidental being the key term. There. Yeah, he
0: does not want to be in this in this uh, relationship, but he finds himself uh, with no choice. He meant to engage in a warlock pact with someone else. Right. Another entity. But so screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> So definitely go listen to that. That's uh DAH
1: podcast on Twitter, yep. right? Ah, dungeons against humanity. Podcast. Uh, found wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, it's, I think, i haven't quite caught up yet but it's episode 12 is the latest episode right something along those lines so so i mean as far as like actual pay podcasts go like y'all are still fairly early on so if people haven't listened to it yet there's you can get caught up now but like don't put it off for too much longer because then you'll just get into the point where it's like 20 hours of a podcast that you need to, to listen to all at once yeah
0: it is episode 12 and there should be another one coming up soon sweet uh all right well that
1: should do it for us this week thank you everybody for listening and until next time millennium puzzle millennium schmuzzle